0: and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson and in today's episode, I want to talk about five ways that'll help you grow spiritually. Let's dive in. Last night I gave a webinar for Ellerslie called Five Ways to Grow Spiritually. And since it's been a lot of what I've been meditating upon and just just been burning in my own heart, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to have a replay here on the podcast. So it's about an hour long, which is a lot longer than I typically prefer these podcasts to be. But I think just walking through these five ideas of how we can grow spiritually, especially in this year, could be a great benefit. Now I'm going to mention a lot of passages of scripture, and I have a downloadable notes, PDF, of the uh, the notes of the presentation and if you would like to download that, I will put a link for that in the show notes. So without further ado, here is my webinar audio from five ways to grow spiritually. But I really just want to zero in on five of these, because as I just was looking at my spiritual journey, and as I look at what the word of God says, there seems, and again, there's there's dozens, but I, I really just, five of them came to the surface and I just was pondering and saying, okay, these really just have been so critical in my spiritual growth I really think they could help you. So let me just go through these. Uh, but number one, one way we can grow spiritually, and this should be rather obvious, is that we need to know our God. In other words, if we are to be conformed, if we're to grow up and become Christ-like, well then we need to know the one to whom we're growing up into. That that we need to know him and 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 who he is and, and what he's like and 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 what is his nature and what is his heart and what is his character. You realize, as believers, we are called to walk by faith, that that we are called to trust, that we are called believers, which means we are the ones who actively do the work of believing. And you know how much easier it is to walk by faith and to trust and to believe when we know the one we trust. In other words, if you come up to me and i never, I don't know you, and you're like, okay, uh, I I will want you to do this. I go, okay, oh, sure. But if but if I've spent years with you, uh, for example, uh, I've known Eric Ludi now for a couple decades, and if Eric says, "Hey, I'm going to meet you at the coffee shop at five o'clock," um, I know he will show up, and if he's running strangely even one minute late, he will call and just be like, "I am so sorry, I'm running a minute late," and I'm like, "That's okay. It's one. It's one minute. It's not that big of a deal," but yet his character propels him. Where he, he has to be on time and he has gained trust that he will be where he says he's going to be. And it's interesting, isn't it interesting that the more we get to know someone, the, the more it actually allows us to trust that person. So if I'm called to put my full trust and my full faith in Jesus Christ, doesn't it seem like we should get to know who he is? Because the more I get to know him and his heart and his nature, it's actually easier for me to trust him. When I know what he's done all throughout history, when I see what he's done all throughout the word, it's actually amazing. It's it's easier for for me to put my hope and my trust in him. And because he's been faithful in the past, I know he'll be faithful today. And I know he's going to be faithful tomorrow. So one way that we can then grow up spiritually is just to know our God even deeper. And one of the things I often talk about, if you've ever heard me teach, (laughs) is the fact that I don't want to just know our God academically or through just mere information. And I'm not against academics. I love academics. I'm a nerd. So I really appreciate the information and, and the academic stuff. At the same point, I I want to go beyond the academics and actually embrace and know our God through the richness of relationship and intimacy that God wants me to actually know him, not just merely know about him. And so as you look at this idea of like, okay, well, how can we know God more than we know him right now? Psalm 47, sorry, Psalm 46, verse 10, that'd be an entirely different passage. It'd be fun to see what that one says. <laughs> but Psalm 46, verse 10, and you know the passage well, but let me just read it. It says, be still and know that I am God. And that word know is, is the Hebrew equivalent of my favorite Greek word, gnosko, but it's that idea of just intimately knowing our God, not just knowing about him that's included, but actually knowing through intimacy and relationship, our God. And how are we to know our God? Well, it's by us being still. That word be still has this idea to cease from labor. Uh, It has this idea to loiter, which actually is really fascinating uh, to be free from labor, to give oneself to something, to be unoccupied, to sink, to relax, to, to let go do you realize that if I'm going to know who my God is, somehow I, I've got to stop all the noise and all the striving and, and all the pressure and, and all the cacophony of chaos around me so that I could actually, in, almost like in quietness, seek after him. I, I don't know if you I, you do recognize this. I should, I should give everyone the benefit of the doubt. We live in an incredibly distracted culture. Oh, we we are so overwhelmed and consumed with the beeps and the buzzes that it is, I mean, it is obnoxious, isn't it? Uh, I, I was looking up some recent statistics and the average American typically watches somewhere between six and eight hours of entertainment a day. Do, do you know how crazy that, that is like a full-time job. And then then I just thought it would be interesting. Uh, I I really love. Uh, I love technology. I love my love my computer. I love my smartphone. But do you realize that the average Westerner touches their smartphone nearly 3,000 times every single day? And if you're in the top 10%, it's like upwards of 5,000 plus times a day, which means just the average person with a smartphone it is touching their smartphone over a million times every single year. Now pause one second, just ponder that. If if I am surrounded by all the noise and I'm surrounded by all the distraction and our culture is so good at distracting us. I, I don't know about you, but if, if you, it's like, you know, YouTube, you watch one video and then you find yourself watching that. Hey, you want to watch this one too? Or you're know, on that social media thing. You're like, Ooh, I, what's what's one more swipe, you know? we. It is so easy for us to get lost in the distractions. And yet, isn't it? Just again, I think it's so important to realize that if we are actually going to know our God, it's going to demand that we are still, that we cease from the labor, that we somehow are freed from all of the things around us so that we can actually intentionally know and pursue our God. I really love what A.W. Tozer once said about all of this. He said, it is well that we accept the hard truth now the man who would know God must give time to him. He must count no time wasted, which is spent in the cultivation of God's acquaintance. Do you realize that any time that you spend getting to know your God is never wasted, that it'll have eternal ramifications. So if you want to be growing spiritually, can can I encourage you, you you've got to know God's character. You, you've got to, know his nature you, you've got to know what his passions and and what his mindset is uh, one of the really rich blessings uh just in getting to know God that I've experienced recently is this this last summer season I was walking through in Daily Thunder a series on the names of God and and I've looked at a few of the names of God but it it, it was such a rich blessing for my soul because as I was getting to be acquainted with God's names, His name isn't just a name, it's not like just calling you know someone Bob or Sue or Josephine or whatever. A a name was symbolic of character and reputation and nature and heart. And so, when God says, Hey, this is my name, He's saying, Hey, this this is who I am, the very depth of my being. I'm revealing this to you. So, I just really, I mean, it's such a blessing to walk through that Behold Our God series because. Because I was being just freshly acquainted with the heart, the mind, the nature, the reputation of our God. And as I just continued to, to deepen my understanding of who he is, there was just a richness of, of knowing him far beyond just information. It's that richness of intimacy. And, and again, that increases your trust and your faith in him. So can I encourage you, would you pray and just ask God that he would give you a greater hunger and a greater passion for him? Would would you go after God in intimacy, not just for the information, but, but so that you would know him intimately through experience, relationship, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you need to know your God, know his character, know his heart, know his mind. Go after him. I love Luke chapter 11. This was Oswald Chambers, uh, one of his all-time favorite passages And it's talking about this idea at the very end about how much more, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, will he give it to you? But but here's the context. Just listen to this. And again, this is in the context of going after and knowing God, having him. Uh, So Jesus says this, uh, verse 9. He says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. But what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if his son asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? And then get this. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you realize that if you would just hunger and thirst after our God. If you would just ask, if you would seek, if, if you would just knock the guaranteed promise is you will find that, that is as he says it in Hebrews 11, I think it's 11, six, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the reward that we get when we seek him is not riches. It's not fame. It's not popularity. It's not, it's none of that kind of stuff. The reward that we get when we diligently seek our God is we get the very thing that we are seeking. We get him. So again, would you go after him? Would you get to know him? So one way then we can grow spiritually is to know our God. Number two is to know God's word. And that should make sense because the best way to know God's heart, his character, his nature is to get into his word. That that this thing is a revelation of who our God is. It's his very words. So if you want to get to know God, if you want to begin to grow spiritually, you you've got to you've got to get in the book. Now, one of the things that I often will, will will talk through and it's and it's an old statement, but but we are to read the Bible for breath and we are to study the Bible for depth. And in other words, get into the word and just go crazy in the word. So read it, memorize it, meditate upon it. I mean just just live in the word. And if you spent any time around me or (laughs) heard me teaching at all, you've you've likely heard me talk about this concept of saturation. And and I love, I just love the mental imagery of that word because if I am saturated, and again, the idea is like, a here's a sponge and I plunge the sponge into a bucket of water and it becomes soaked, it becomes saturated. Uh, The sponge is permeated. Uh, If you want a different illustration, it's the idea of like marinated. Oh, it's like a good manhood illustration right <laughs> you know like yes i'm a piece of meat marinated in the word of god uh what would it look like if, if you just took your life plunged it into god's word and just lived in this thing see see, most of us come to god's word uh like like a visitor right we just kind of pop in we pop out uh you know we will do our morning devotions we'll you know we'll, we'll take the bible for you know uh something to to do, you know, at church or whatever, like like we, we have these moments where we're engaging scripture, but most of us aren't living in the word. <clears throat> Isn't it interesting? David said, Oh, I just, I meditate upon your word day and night. I mean, in other words, all day long. I mean, at every point where he's awake, the word of God is just saturating his life. And see, I, I, I want that. And again, the reason I want to come to the word is to know the author, I, I want to know my God, and, and I want Him to take His word and to, to scrutinize my life and say, Nathan, uh, your see what see what this book says. Your life does not measure up to this. And then I, I would come and just say, God, I, you're right. I, I am. I, I desperately need transformation, God. I, I desperately need You to do something in my life. I, I need to radically change how I'm living or thinking or talking so that it actually looks like what You are telling me to do in this book. And there, there's just that richness in that reality of, of, of allowing the God of the universe who has spoken his word to you. He's given you his word. He He wants to take his word and use it to conform you and shape you and transform you. And looking back at the last 20 plus years of my spiritual life, the, the number one thing that has most changed me spiritually or deepened me spiritually is just getting into the word of God. Because it's as I get into the word of God, and as I just begin to saturate in, in his word and in his presence, and as I get to know him, he confronts me with truth, and he starts to change me, and, and, I, and I start to recognize the areas of my life that I need spiritual growth in. In other words, we we desperately need the word of God in our lives. So can I encourage you to pray and ask God to give you wisdom and insight and revelation into his word? that it's not just a duty or a discipline or an obligation or an arm twist or a thumb in your back, but that he would actually give you a passion and a joy to be in the word. And again, I would encourage you, if you're going to come to the word, to come to the word, to know him as as the primary. There's a lot of benefits of coming to the word, but the primary one is I want to know my God. Uh, I pray Ephesians chapter one, uh, verse 17 through 19 all the time. And let me just read this to you. And I kind of tweaked it a little bit. So it sounds more like a prayer, but it's it's something that when I come to the to the word, I'm often just saying, God, would, would you just give me the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you? But, but here's what Paul says. He's he's praying for the, the church in Ephesus. And he says, I pray. And again, I, I tweak this. So it sounds like a prayer. So God, would you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of you so that the eyes of my heart, having been enlightened, will know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance, and what is the surpassing greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty strength. See, what if we would come to the word of God like that? Uh, What what if we would come and just say, oh God, I I, I desperately need a a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That, that, That as I come to the word, you you you've got to give me the heartburn. You've you, you've got to give me a revelation. You you've got to show me yourself. And Lord, would you confront me with the reality of your word? Uh, the psalmist in Psalm one nineteen, uh, verse nine says this. He says, "How can a young man keep his way pure?" Think about that. How can we as believers? And again, it's specifically to young men, but it's really to every believer. How how can a believer. How can a Christian? How can a godly man or woman keep their way pure? Well, I'll, I'll grip my teeth. <laughs> well, that only works for so long. So, so how how are we going to keep our way pure? And, and here's what the psalmist says: It's by keeping it according to your word. And then a couple of verses later in Psalm 119 verse 11, I don't think it's by accident that the psalmist says that your word I have treasured or I've hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So if you want to begin to walk in victory, if you want to begin to live with triumph, if you want to begin to grow spiritually, how how are you going to live and, and keep that way of purity? How are you going to live that way of righteousness? How are you going to live in a holy life? How are you going to grow in godliness? Well, you've got to be in the word. And again, would you would you just read and study and, and memorize and meditate and just saturate your life in the book. I promise you that that'll radically, radically change you. If you come with a, a very humble, honest, uh, seeking God kind of a heart. So number one is to to know God. Number number two is to know his word. Number three, if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to obey him. Isn't it interesting that, that a lot of us, uh, esteem the grand truths of scripture, but not a lot of us are obeying them. (laughs) It's like, you know, we have the refrigerator statements or, you know, we, we put the statement on the mirror and we're like, yes, amen. That's a great, that's a powerful passage. And yet, if you actually question our lives or query our souls, you begin to realize, yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not doing very well. Matthew chapter 28, in that passage I read earlier about the great commission and Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Listen to what he says next. He says, and teaching them to keep all that I commanded you. That word keep is also translated obey or follow or observe. So as we are making disciples, which includes ourselves, right? Because we are disciples, that we are to be encouraging and teaching those disciples to keep, to obey, to follow and observe the very words of our precious Savior uh, John 15 verse 10 Jesus says, if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love and John in first John chapter 2 verse 5 John writes but whoever keeps his word truly in him the love of God has been perfected and by this we know that we are in him So how do we know that we're disciples how do we know that we're abiding in Christ? Well, one key way that we know that we are abiding, that we are believers, is that we actually obey what God has told us. I find it really interesting in in our spiritual lives that it's really hard to progress spiritually beyond the last thing God has asked us to do. In other words, if God says, hey, I want you to obey this. I want you to do this, or I don't want you to do this. And we're like, yeah, but... Yeah, I don't really want to do that. God, can I keep growing spiritually over here in this other area? Isn't it interesting? You, it's really hard to grow beyond the last place that God has asked us to obey. So we've got to obey. Now, I want to I want to remind you: this is not a grit your teeth and, and you know and and by the gumption of your own ability and resource. All right, well, I'm I'm gonna obey. That that doesn't work. That that I mean, you you can only press yourself so far with discipline. And if I can encourage you, the the secret to obedience is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within you. That that obedience is not self effort. That that's the Old Testament concept. That God told me something to do, and so I grit my teeth and I'm I'm, I'm going to pull it off and I'm I'm going to do my best and I'm gonna, I'm going to try. That that's an Old Testament mentality. When you look at the New Testament reality, oh, think about this, that because of the cross of Christ, the God of the universe, who's always been out there somewhere, now wants to indwell my life through his spirit, which means everything that he's told me to do, everything that he's commanded me in his word, it is is so impossible to live in my own ability, but God says, but you can do it because I'm actually going to come inside of you through my spirit. And I'm going to empower you to live a life that you in and of yourself cannot live. So the only hope you and I have to walk in obedience is that we have got to have the spirit of God living within us, that we've got to live by his life. We've got, we've got to live by his grace and it's it's his enabling grace. It's his enabling spirit in our life that actually enables us, empowers us to, to obey that which he has commanded us. Now, let me just give you a couple of verses. And I, I man, I just love these passages and, and you know them very well, but just listen to them afresh. G- Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says, it's not me, it's him in me. not that beautiful? Uh, Colossians chapter three, verse three and four, Paul says, for you died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Now listen to this next statement. I, I love this. He says, when Christ, who is our life, is manifested, then you will also be manifested with him in glory. Wouldn't it be amazing if Christ was your life. And you got so wrapped up in relationship and intimacy and, and his very spirit began to indwell your life on such a level that, that the impossible Christian life wasn't a, all right, I'm going to try and I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to, but somehow it's you responding, now you're participating. We're not talking about being passive. We're not talking about you get to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. This is, Hey, you are fully engaged. You're fully active. You're Hey, you are moving forward. You are walking in obedience but it's done through the empowerment, the life that is within you through the very spirit of God. First uh, John 4, 9 uh, is, is becoming one of my favorite passages. And I probably say that to every passage, but, you know, <laughs> but it really is. This one's really good. Uh, 1 John 4, 9 says this, by this, the love of God was manifested in us. Get this, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world So that here's the whole reason. Why, why did Jesus come into the world? Why, why, what was the demonstration of God's love? Get this. So that we might live through him. That it's not our lives that we're living. As Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it's, him somehow living his life in and through me and i get to participate in that and and i get to be a partaker of this of this divine nature and and he's doing something in me and wouldn't it be amazing if if obedience and walking in victory over sin wasn't a oh all right i'm gonna try harder i'm gonna take cold showers i'm gonna flick rubber bands or whatever the modern nonsense is about all that would it be amazing if i just got so tight with jesus And his life just began to be so full within me. And his spirit began just to bubble forth out of my life that I just couldn't help myself from obeying and walking in purity and victory and triumph and freedom in the very life of Christ. See, that is what we call Christianity. Christianity isn't just a list of things that we believe. Christianity is is, is the empowerment of the very presence of God in our lives and now we can live this impossible thing that God has given us to live called the Christian life. I love that idea. So, you, hey, if you, if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to obey your God. But this is not a grit and determination kind of obedience. This is, hey, would you allow him to do something in and through you and even empower your obedience? So, yes, you've got to be, hey, this is active. You've got to press in. You've got to make the decision. You've got to obey. But somehow in the middle of this, would you, would you just allow him to do this in and through you? So that's three ideas so far. And we're going to go through the other two fairly quickly. Number four of just one of the ways just to grow spiritually is reckoning the truth. Now, if you hang out with Ellerslie, we use that terminology all the time, but let me just maybe say it in a different way. <clears throat> you have got to rehearse the basics all the time. Or in other words, you need to be preaching the gospel to your soul all the the time. For whatever reason, we feel like, you know, we, we get past the kindergarten things of, of the Christian life. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm done with that. And I need to, I'm going to go into something more fancy. And yet you do realize that the power of the Christian life, the foundation of the Christian life are the basics. And you've got to hold tight to those foundational pieces. And one of the things that we, we often encourage our students is that, hey, you need to reckon the truth, that you need to grab a hold of, that, that you need to make sure it is yours, that you need to be rehearsing this over and over and over. And, and what would it look like if you begin to preach the gospel to your own soul all the time? I, I love what David does in the Psalms. There's these times where he's like, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? And then he begins to like preach to himself. He's like, believe in God. And I'd be like, David, don't you believe in God? He's like, I do, but my soul right now is downcast. And I need to remind myself the truth and the reality of, of, of who God is and his word. And can I tell you, it is so profound in your life. When you begin to rehearse those truths and you begin to declare the gospel to yourself. Uh, Romans chapter six is one of those chapters that, uh, tonight or tomorrow, you you just, you should just read the entire chapter. It is such a rich chapter, uh, in, in the book of Romans, but let me just read a little segment of this. This is Romans chapter six, verses 11 through 14. Paul writes, even so consider or reckon, grab a hold of, make this, make this true in your life. He says, even so consider or reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you would obey its lusts and do not go on presenting your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not be master over you for you are not under law, but under grace. Paul says, this is the reality of the Christian life. Make it so in your soul. In other words, it is already true, but would you begin to declare it? And this is not a, you know, uh, mantra, like you look in the mirror and be like, all right, I'm happy and I'm healthy and go, go. It's not that it's, this is the truth. And would you begin to take that, which is true and begin to say, okay, soul, whether you feel like it or not, this is the truth. Begin to walk in the reality that you are dead to sin but you are alive in Christ Jesus. So what if you begin to just declare the truth to your soul? What if you be uh, begin to rehearse those basics? And again, it's one of those things that we do around here all the time, just that we preach the gospel to our soul. What, what if tomorrow morning you, you jumped out of bed and you just begin to rehearse the truths of the Christian life? That I, I am dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. I am a new creature or creation in Christ Jesus excuse me that that I'm more than a conqueror in him that 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 he is my peace and and I am seated in Christ in heavenly places that that he is my victory and my triumph so you wouldn't it be amazing if you just if that was just the declaration of your soul all the time do you realize how that would change how you would handle temptation did you realize how that would handle the the discouragements discouragements and the pressures of life that 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 when all the chaotic noises it's trying to, you know, get in your mind and tap on you saying, hey, think about this and think about this and hey, be discouraged and be overwhelmed. And hey, hey, look at the culture, look at the economy, look at the political stuff, look at, see, what if you're like, okay, yeah, that's going on around me, but Jesus is my peace. Yeah. Yeah. There's this temptation knocking on my heart, but wow, I, I am dead to sin and I'm alive in Christ Jesus that, that I am more than a conqueror in him. And because I am in him, I do not have to give into this. So Lord thank you for the freedom. See what if you just begin to re- realize the the triumphant glorious grand gospel in your life. And it's one of the, it's one of it's a phenomenal way to be growing spiritually because one whatever you rehearse, whatever you meditate upon, it just deepens it grows in your life. So the whatever you focus is it's, it's going to expand. So what if you would focus on the word? What if you'd focus on truth? What if you'd focus on the gospel? And what you find is that it actually enables you, empowers you on another level through the spirit of God to to keep your mind set upon Jesus Christ, to be rehearsing those truths. And God will use that in every situation of your life to bring about a greater victory, a greater growth, a greater depth with him. So can I encourage you to rehearse and know the gospel, not just in theory or concept or words, but in the depth of your being. And if you need to write out some scriptures, write out some scriptures and just say, that's true, that's true, that's true. And just begin to preach this truth to your own soul. On number five, just this final way of just growing uh, spiritually, Uh, I I found that, you know, hey, you need to know your God. That's super important. That's number one. Hey, you need to be in the word because that's the primary way for us to know our God. Hey, you need to walk in obedience, that, that, that you need to be walking in the reality of the gospel but do you realize that in a, it's going to sound maybe odd, but there's actually a like a cheater's version to spiritual growth. That sounds horrible, actually, in this context. <laughs> but there's actually a way to speed up spiritual growth. Uh, years ago, I bought an Instapot. I don't know if you guys have seen these. Um, I have a crock pot, uh, and, you you know, you put the food in there and, you know, it takes five, six, seven, eight hours. And, you know, eventually it's like, woo, the food's done. You can take the same food and put it in an Instapot and it's still healthy. But like it condenses the cooking time with with the pressure, the the intentionality. And there's something true about the spiritual life where it is a lifelong process. So please hear this again, right? You're not going to get to the end any faster, but you can have a greater depth in a shorter period of time if you would leverage some of the resources and tools that are available to us, especially in the modern day. In other words, you can speed up spiritual growth by, and I'll just going to give you three quick ideas. And again, there's more than this, but let me just give you three ideas. Uh, one is reading classic books. There is there is something about not having to to wade through. Now you need to study the scriptures, so please don't mishear me. But there's something about when you read someone else who has gone through a journey, who has come to these conclusions, and they can say it in such a way where you're like, oh, that I get it, that it can somehow connect things for you that actually helps you grow spiritually faster. That, that, you know, I, I love books by like Andrew Murray or A.W. Tozer or Charles Spurgeon, just some of these classic guys that had just a way with words where they're taking these grand gospel truths and they're saying them in such a way where it's just like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that that's what that passage means. And yes, I still need to say the passages, but it, like it speeds, somehow it just speeds things up for me. Uh, the, the other benefit I found is like reading Christian biographies. I I love reading Christian biography, especially the missionaries, because as, as you hear the stories of God's faithfulness, he, he's the same God, but he works in all these amazing ways. You start to see the themes. You, you start to see how he, how he's faithful. You, you start to recognize that I can trust him, that even in those hard moments that he is, he is still good. And, and whether it's uh Hudson Taylor or an Amy Carmichael or C.T. Studd or Darling Dibler-Rose or a Corey Tim Boom, or the myriad of other phenomenal biographies, it, it's hearing the testimony of what God has done that just becomes a boon to my soul. And somehow, it, it's again, it's not a replacement for Scripture on any means, but but it is somehow it just brings the Word to life in in my context or my day in my thinking, and it is a constant encouragement to my soul. So one idea of just using resources and tools to help speed up spiritual growth is get into some of these classic. These classic books and and these biographies, that'd be a super help and blessing to your soul. Another idea, and this is very modern, (laughs) is to be listening to classic sermons, to be listening to some podcasts. And and, and just for clarity, uh, if you're going to be listening to these things for spiritual growth, please find Christ-centered, Bible-based, gospel-focused podcasts, uh, which sadly is few. Now they are out there, praise the Lord. And I'm biased. Uh, I'll at least give you a couple. on they the ones that Ellerslie produces. <laughs> uh, but that is our heart. We want to be Christ-centered. We want to be Bible-based and we want to be gospel-focused. So I curate the the Bravehearted Voices podcast, which is just classic sermons, mostly from yesteryear. There's a few modern uh, sermons, but most of them are, the, are, are from the dead guys. And there's these, these rich, thunderous truths that have never changed. And sometimes it's just hearing it in a different way. That is such a blessing. Uh, there's the Daily Thunder podcast that Eric and I and some special guests will do, where we are just preaching through the Word and, and going through. Uh, Eric loves his spiritual lessons from history, and but we're just we're just diving into God's Word, saying, okay, what does God's Word say for the days in which we live? Uh, Leslie has her set apart podcast for women. Um, I have my deeper Christian podcast, but but and there's more than that, by the way. In in the world, there's a lot of great. Christ-centered bible-based gospel uh focused podcast that you could listen to those are ones that we put out but can I encourage you be engrossed in the truth now we live in a day where we have so much information and so much access to books and audios and sermons that we have we could have an information overload and we presume that because we have all this information and all the all the the latest whatever that we are somehow living it So please be cautious if you're, if you're reading the books and you're listening to sermons or podcasts, not to presume that just because you've read it or you've listened to something that somehow you're actually applying it into your life. But these are just some easy ways that you can uh, use that, that, that are available in our modern day that you can help kind of speed up your spiritual growth. And, And one other, which is probably my favorite, again, I'm a little biased, but one of my all time favorite things to speed up spiritual growth is to actually have an intentional, set apart season, set aside just to focus on Jesus. And you don't have to go anywhere, but what would it look like if you just said, okay, I'm going to take this block of time every Monday, or I'm going to take this block of time every single day for the next few months, or I'm going to, you know, push pause on my entire life and just focus on Jesus for a week or two. There's something about that focus intentionality that is so, so helpful and, since I've been given ideas, here's, here's two options. And again, I'm biased, but here's some suggestions. Now, uh, one is Eldersley online. And obviously if you're on the, on this, uh, webinar, uh, you have some connection with, with Ellerslie and, uh, Eric and Leslie, myself and the rest of the teaching team, you know, years ago, we, we put together basically a condensed version of our discipleship training, which is a go at your own pace. We just want to help people grow in Christ. And that's currently available through the end of February. If you're interested in signing up, um, it's, it's, as cheap as cheap can be because it's just a donation of any amount. So there's, there's no prohibition prohibit. That's not even a word prohibition. There's no, uh, I don't know. You know what the word I'm looking for. There There's no, whatever that word is, <laughs> I can see April. She's like trying to type in the word. She's like, I'm trying to help you. You're not doing very well. Uh, but, but there's no, uh, Oh, I still can't think of it. Oh, hindrance! That I'll I'll take that one. Prohibition that'll work too. Uh, but but there's in other words we're trying to remove every barrier so that you can press into Jesus Christ. So if that's in if that's of interest to you, um, I'll put a link for that in the in the chat box or uh, link in the in the notes itself. The other option, which I'm really excited about, and it's actually one of the reasons why we even wanted to do this webinar walking through the five ways to grow spiritually, is that we're giving away ten full ride scholarships to this upcoming season of discipleship training in Windsor at Ellerslie. And one of the things that we've just discovered is there's something about being on location, having an intentional set apart season to focus and go after Jesus Christ. There's, I mean, I've watched videos, I've watched sermons, but there's something that is caught or there's, yeah, there's just something that's caught. That's just not taught. In other words, it's, it's being in the midst, it's being in the environment, it's it's rubbing shoulders with fellow believers who are just are longing for more of Jesus. It's it's sitting in sessions and asking questions and, and just having that intentional focus of pursuing Jesus. And so if you are potentially interested in a live discipleship program, we we have the one week, we have a five-week version, I would highly consider you or encourage you to consider one of our discipleship programs that are coming up. And again, we're giving away 10 full-rise scholarships. And if you want to sign up for one of those, you can do that between now and February 15th. Uh, In fact, let me just, I'll put this in the chat box. Um, Or you can just download the the notes and it has links for all that too uh, in the notes. So let me just recap. We're talking about discipleship or spiritual growth. And there's five, at least we've been covering, five key ways that you right now could be growing spiritually. Again, number one, know your God. Number two, know his word. Number three, obey him. And remember, it's empowered by the spirit of God. Number four, reckon the gospel. Rehearse those basics to your soul. And number five, I'd encourage you to consider reading classic books, listening to sermons, and specifically consider attending a live discipleship program where you can just remove those distractions and truly pursue Jesus Christ. And even if you've done that once, I would encourage you to consider doing it again. We've had a lot of students come back through multiple times and they say that each time they come back through, it gets better because you're growing deeper and you're hearing things differently. And there's just a richness again in in in-person discipleship. Now, there's a whole bunch of other ways that you can grow spiritually, right? There's relationships and community, there's prayer, there's journaling. But those are just five ways that I would encourage you to begin to implement in your soul now so that this year, can be the greatest year of spiritual growth thus far. And and let me end with two quick encouragements or two passages. You realize that as we're talking about spiritual growth, God wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be more Christ-like. He he longs for you to grow in godliness even more than you may want it. So trust his process in your life. And remember, and this is one of my all-time favorite passages and i feel like i just have to fit it in probably in every message <laughs> that i give but in second peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 listen to this i love this peter says seeing that his divine power speaking of jesus has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness now pause listen to that do you realize everything you need to live this life well everything that you need to walk in godliness has been supplied to you in Christ Jesus. That that alone is phenomenal. That if I have Jesus, I truly do have everything that I need for life and godliness. And I can't think of anything I need outside of life and godliness. So again, listen to this. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has... Granted or given to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Do you realize that not only have you been given everything you need for life and godliness, you get to be a partaker, you get to share in the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in this world by lust? I don't know about you, but I desperately need that. In fact, I don't need it. I have that. Isn't that incredible that he has given me his, his precious and magnificent promises and everything that you or I need as a Christian is found in one place. His name is Jesus. And then listen just to Jude 1, 24 through 25, just as we wrap up here. Uh, Jude says it this way, just at the very end of Jude's letter. He says, now to him who is able, to keep you from stumbling. Isn't that beautiful? If you, if you look at your life and say, yeah, but I'm not doing too well. My, my spiritual growth is not that great that, that I keep falling in the mud and I, I keep stumbling. I keep having problems and, and sin is gripping my soul. I'd say, woo, do you realize you got Jesus? Would you let Jesus invade your life on a whole nother level? Because he is able to keep you. Yes, you from stumbling, that you're not a special case. You have a special God and he is able to keep you from stumbling. And then he goes on and says this, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, might, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen and amen. Can I encourage you? we are all called to, we are all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. This is a lifelong pursuit. We will not graduate from this. We are to ever grow and increase and mature and look more and more and more like Jesus, that he is to become more and more preeminent. He's to have first place at all times in every area of our lives. That that he is offering his holiness, he, he's giving us godliness we get to partake of his very heart and his his very life that that we get to live through him do you know what an incredible privilege it is to be a christian because we get the living god not just out there but in here through his spirit so can i just encourage you go after jesus get into his word walk in obedience just live according to his life allow the gospel to become yours and again, I would encourage you, if, if you were wanting some practical discipleship, uh, i encourage you to consider the Eldersley Online Program or our, or our scholarship giveaway for this upcoming season for the summer and the fall. We'd love to have you here on campus. We would love just to link arms with you and walk with you down this narrow way of the cross as we pursue Jesus Christ together. Well, I hope that was just a blessing and encouragement for you. My passion, and my desire is that you, especially in this year, would grow deeper in Jesus Christ. Again, if you would like a list of all those scriptures that I mentioned, as well as the links to Eldersly Online and the scholarship giveaway, all that will be found in the show notes. And if you would like to participate in the scholarship giveaway, just as a reminder, it ends on February 15th. Well, until next time, know I'm cheering you on and I'm praying for you as we continue to build our lives around Jesus Christ.